Hi, my name's Andrew Chamberlain. I'm a writer and creative writing tutor, and you are listening to the Creative Writer's Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. A couple of episodes ago, I started a series exploring the elements of plot, and in this episode, I want to focus on two more aspects of this area of your work, and I'm going to extend the concept of plot to include story. These two terms are sometimes used interchangeably, and although they refer to similar things, they are not quite the same. Plot refers to the bare elements of your work, devoid of any reference to character, setting, tone or style. Plot is a very bare, very functional thing. It's the building blocks of what happens. Story, however, acknowledges the dimensions of creative writing, plot, setting, character, style, tone and so on, can overlap. Story focuses on plot but acknowledges these other dimensions. So I'm going to talk about story in this episode and take account of the fact that story as a concept, although it's rooted in plot, spills over into character and setting as well. So with all this in mind, I want to talk about two dimensions of story and these are Start your story early and establish your boundaries early. And by start your story early, I mean establish the central premise of your story early. Establish your boundaries early means that if there are historical, cultural or technical rules which are going to govern the way that your story works, or if there are assumptions that are crucial to the way your story unfolds, then you need to set these out early. So let's look at each of these two aspects in turn. We start with starting your story early. It's very easy for us as writers to come up with the outline of a plot and then to devise a series of rather elaborate scenes, tableau if you like, to introduce it. Some of these we might call prologue or more fancifully chapter zero. We might even write five or six chapters of this sort of thing and call the whole lot part one. And it's very easy for us as writers to get wrapped up in this grand prelude to our story, whereas in fact what we really need to do is to grab our readers and draw them into our central story as soon as possible. Now I have to confess, this is a lesson I've had to learn the hard way. I've spent hours and hours on some beautifully crafted preliminary chapters and gradually and painfully I've had to admit that all of them are surplus to requirements and are in fact better off cut completely out of the story. Certainly some of them contained essential information, but that information has to be gathered up and then distributed amongst some of the other chapters which do actually get on with the job of telling the story. I've talked about beginning your story well before but it's worth reminding ourselves of what a good beginning is like and by that I mean good beginning sentence, good couple of lines, a paragraph or even a chapter. So I want to give you some examples of this. One of my favourites comes from Stephen King's Dark Tower series. I've quoted this sentence before but I'll do it again here. The first sentence of book one in that series simply says this. The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. And that, in 12 words, tells us something about the two main characters in the book and essentially what the whole book is going to be about. Another wonderful example, which I have used several times already in this podcast series, comes from Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. I know some of you can quote this line to me off by heart, but for the benefit of others, here it is. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And that opening sentence, although it doesn't introduce us to the characters, tells us something about the core of the plot and the kind of story that we're going to get. It has a kind of transcendent beauty that sets out the style and the tone for the whole novel. But what about opening paragraphs or pages or even chapters? Well, the time I have in this podcast stops me from reading whole chapters to you. But what I want to do is to give you a couple of quick examples. The first is from Ian McEwan's book on Chesil Beach. And here we have a story that starts with a young English couple 
on their wedding day in the 60s. The story is pitched at the turning point in cultural attitudes to sex in society. The couple have their own fears and anxieties and are unable to communicate with each other very effectively at all. The story revolves around what happens to both of them after their first fateful night together as a married couple. And that first chapter introduces us to our two protagonists and then presents us with what happened on that night and where things went so terribly wrong. And it also points towards where things were going wrong before that day. So there's an awful lot going on in that first chapter. Second example, completely different genre, is from The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. And this is the story of young Katniss Everdeen, selected along with 11 other girls and 12 other boys to take part in a nightmarish contest from which there can only be one winner. The first chapter introduces us to Katniss and one of the other significant characters, her friend Gail. It also introduces us to the horror of Hunger Games and right at the end of the chapter, Katniss is confronted with the terrible reality of having to make a choice of whether or not to join in the Hunger Games themselves. Now these books come from very different genre, but what they both do is seek to introduce characters and seek also to get the story going in that first chapter. Let's move on to another aspect of story, and that is establishing the rules or boundaries. Most of this aspect of story is about setting the boundaries for the world in which you're placing your story. And it's also true that this aspect of story overlaps into structure and to a certain extent the tone of the story. The rules we're talking about here could be technological, historic or cultural. So, for example, again in Pride and Prejudice, the main protagonists are Elizabeth Bennet and Fitzwilliam Darcy and in the main they are referred to during the whole book as Miss Bennet and Mr Darcy. What you won't find is these two characters referring to each other as Liz and Fitz. The sensibilities of the Regency period and the setting and cultural tone of the story would completely prohibit that. To give you another example of establishing the rules, if you were writing a fantasy story with wizards and magic users, to keep with convention you would most likely make the use of magic significant but limited in the sense that a wizard in the story cannot just appear out of nowhere, kill all of his or her enemies, and then apparate back home in time for tea. Likewise, even the act of casting spells would probably cost your magic users some effort, some energy. And you can look at characters like Gandalf from The Lord of the Rings, or perhaps the wizard Bayaz from Joe Abercrombie's The First Law series, to see how this works. These characters are powerful, but they have to operate within the rules and setting of the books. Their power is finite within the story. And the earlier readers know what those boundaries are, the better. If there is an assumption or a principle upon which your story hinges, then introduce it early. Another example, if your hero has a tragic flaw which is going to be relevant to the story, then don't leave it until the very last moment to tell the reader what that flaw is. Even if you don't reveal why and how it will be significant, you should talk about it early on. So let's have a look at how we can apply these two aspects of story. And to do this, I'm going to go back to the beginnings of a plot that I introduced a couple of episodes ago as a way of us exploring these techniques in a practical way. If you listened to that podcast, you'll recall that I used the start of a story to illustrate the problems that writers can have with plot. So here's the start of that story again, as it stands, based on what I said in that episode and also on listener feedback that I've received. Our story is set in a small rural community where old man Herb McTavish has farmed the land for 50 years, like his father before him and his father before him. Herb is a widower of some 10 years and seems comfortable with his lot. One long hot summer he has a whirlwind romance with Estelle Rosebury, a single lady just half his age and from out of town. Even before the harvest is in, Herb and Estelle have scooted off to a drive-by chapel in Vegas for a $100 wedding. 
A few months pass by and winter grips the land. The farm is quiet and the land is hard and the weather is cold. Herb's sons, who live away from home now, start to worry for their father's new bride. They know what happened before when their mother was alive. They thought things would be okay while their father was on his own. But here he is married again. They call and they email but get no response. They even send one of the neighbours round but that person is turned away. The sons decide to visit their old father for themselves to see what's going on. So let's see how this story might develop. First of all, in terms of getting the story underway quickly, I might choose the very first line of my story to at least imply that Herb and Estelle are getting married and that she is much, much younger than him. I could also use the first few paragraphs to describe perhaps their Vegas wedding and show that the rest of the family were not only not invited and not welcome, but are also far from happy with this new arrangement. Thinking about boundaries and assumptions that I want to set early on, I might choose the first chapter also to show the remoteness of Herb's farm. This is not going to be an urban tale. This is a very rural setting. I want to show the remoteness, the disconnectedness of Herb and his new bride from the rest of the people around them, from their family and from their neighbours and their society. I could also use the first chapter to show that the rest of the family, especially the sons, are worried about what's happening. I might even go so far as to show them starting to act. And finally, I might use this first chapter as well to hint at what they're worried about. Maybe through some conversation, perhaps even a brief conversation between one of them and Herb while he's in Vegas. Now, I probably wouldn't use the first chapter to reveal all of what those concerns are, but I would like to at least hint at them so that I'm setting up the basic premise for the story. All of this then brings us to your own work. And I leave you with some questions to think about in the context of the project that you're working on at the moment. First of all, what is the main storyline in your work? What is the key story? And have you introduced this early enough or have you spent too much time introducing and setting the scene? Second, are there some fundamental assumptions that are critical to the plot of your story? And if there are, have you introduced those early enough? I'll leave you with those questions to think about. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. In this episode, I have referred to or quoted from the following works. Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, which is in the public domain. The Gunslinger by Stephen King, published by Hodder. The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, published by Scholastic. On Chesil Beach by Ian McEwan, published by Jonathan Cape. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, published by Alan Unwin. And The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie, published by Galantz in the UK, Empire in the US. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. As ever, I'd encourage you, please do leave comments and constructive criticism on our Goodreads page. That's at goodreads.com. Look up the Creative Writers Toolbelt group there. I'm on Twitter at Writers Toolbelt. Please feel free to follow me. And you can also email me, andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. My thanks as ever to the guys from Podcast Themes for providing the music. And thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.